Uh, the Christmas birth offers life to all. Uh, I'm just going to read uh, briefly from the Bible, from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. And it talks about the birth of Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his, as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Well, I love Christmas. Do you like Christmas? Yes. I can see you're enthusiastic about it. I really like it. I like the giving. Do you like the giving? Yes. I like receiving and receiving and receiving. I like that bit the best. Uh, But the most important thing to receive, the most important thing uh, at Christmas is a person. It's in Christ. And that's what we've been singing about, isn't it? To receive Christ into our lives. There was no room... Uh, for Mary and Joseph all those years ago, just a few thousand years ago, and even today, uh, sometimes at Christmas, people make no room uh, for him in their life. There was a religious couple touring the Holy Land during the Christmas season, and they wanted to spend Christmas Eve in Bethlehem, the birthplace of Christ. They searched high and low, but there was no room. Finally, they pulled up outside the Bethlehem Sheraton. I doubt that was there uh, back in the day, but it is now. And the husband got out, and he said, like he did with a bit of authority, leave this to me. So he goes in, and he says, any rooms? They say, sorry, we're fully booked. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay extra. They said, we're sorry, there are no rooms. He said, I'll bet you if my name was Joseph, and the woman outside in the car was called Mary, and that we have a newborn baby with us, you'd find us a room. Well, stammered the receptionist, I suppose I would. He says, well, I guarantee you they're not coming tonight, so we'll take their room. (laughs) Boom, boom. We have to make room for Christ in our lives, the Christmas birth that offers uh, life to all. That's what it was about. The baby, what didn't stay a baby, he grew up uh, to be a man around 33 years old before he was killed, but then he rose again. It's all about Christ. That's the Christmas gift that's an offering. So many people uh, miss it at Christmas time, and, and I'd suggest to you, you don't want to miss him this Christmas time. If you never thought about him, you should do. He was real. The evidence for him is, is uh, undisputed that he existed. Uh, It's whether he was who he said he was. Don't miss him. This Emmanuel that we've sung about, God with us. If God is real, the most important thing for me is that I should know him. Don't miss him. Don't miss Christ at Christmas. But why Christ at Christmas? Why not miss him? Why not just ignore him? Why not just take the benefits and just receive? Uh, Sing the carols, get the presents, uh, receive the presents and forget Christ. Why not? The answer is in the name. And, And actually, more to the point, the description of who he was and is. Christ is not the surname of Jesus. It's his identity. It's Jesus the Christ. Uh, The word Christ in Greek means Christos, or Hebrew Messiah. And it means the anointed one. This is the one that all the prophets spoke about. Uh, All the prophecies were given hundreds of years before. Roman historians, I remember it was the Romans that uh, killed him, or at least tried to. Romans 
Romans historians speak about in Tacitus, Suetonius, Jewish historians. Remember, it's the, some of the Jewish people that wanted him killed. Uh, Josephus spoke about this person called Christ and his followers, and he said about the miracles that went on, the prophecies that he fulfilled, the appearances that he had, and he said the Christians are still named after him to this day. Billy Connolly, I don't know if you know Billy Connolly? Personally? He said famously, uh, I believe... Uh, I can't believe in Christianity, but I believe Jesus was a wonderful man. Can't believe in Christianity, but I believe Jesus was a wonderful man. He has a misconception of who Jesus is. I remember going a long time ago to um, a supper put on by a church. It was was a fish and chip supper, so that's what I went for, really. Um, But also, they had a guest speaker there, and it was an ex-England player. Those of you that are older, or about my age, you'll recognise the name Alan Mullery. Remember Alan Mullery? And he got a job on Sky Sports, didn't he? Anyway, they said to me, and I sort of figured out what they were doing, you're going to sit next to Alan Mullery. I said, great. There's about 200 people there. So why are they picking on me? And so I thought I'd be funny because I used to think I was funny. And I went up to him and he said, do you know I am? And I said, of course I do, Mr. Brookin." <laughs> but we got on quite well. I had a misconception. I didn't really. I knew who he was. Um, but I knew who he was and I had to know who he was. And people miss who Jesus is. He's more than what Billy Connolly said, just a wonderful man. If he, was, if he was a wonderful man, you can't believe in Christianity. That makes him out to be a liar, and liars aren't wonderful people. Jesus pointed to himself. He spoke about himself as if he were God, because he was God. He said, I am the bread of life. If you want your spiritual hunger satisfied, in fact, he was saying, come to him. Go to him. He said, I am the light of the world. And we heard that passage, the people are walking in great darkness, and they see a great light. And he said, I am the light of the world. He later on said to his followers, you are the light of the world. You have to make a difference in the world for good and for God. And he invites all of us to walk in his light. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, which means we don't have to fear death. And we can have life in all its fullness even now. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Many people have a dissatisfaction in materialism or they have no direction. He says, I am the way. Or a value system that's around of distrust. He says, I am the truth. And people question the point of life. He said, I am the life. He talked about his kingdom. He said, come to him. He said, follow him. To receive him was to receive God. He said, he's the one that forgives. He's also the one that judges. His teaching was still considered the best teaching that ever was. The Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew's Gospel is considered the pinnacle of his teaching. And it's yet to be bettered. His works, uh, what he did, I can say, and people do say this, I can say, well, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Christ, I'm the new Jesus, and walk up and down Billericay High Street, but I won't do the things he did. He backed it up, and ultimately in the resurrection, God showed that he was who he said he was. The Old Testament prophecies, some of which have been read out this evening, there was over 300 of them, written hundreds of years before. 40 different authors, he fulfilled all of them. Many on the day he was born, and even where he was born. It was all prophesied. You can't make this stuff up. He fulfilled 29 on the day he died. Maybe we don't believe in the resurrection, but there was an armed guard at the tomb, the body. Even though people, nobody denies Jesus existed. But we've never found the body because it's not there. He appeared to his followers at least 10 different occasions. Over 500 people uh, of a period of about six weeks. There was a dramatic impact where they were depressed. The followers were transformed. There was huge growth in the church. And his name still impacts lives today. 
He's the saviour of the world. The Christmas birth that offers life to all. Everything is wrapped up in him. He said when he pointed to himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. That's why we love the Alpha course. It means the beginning. We run Alpha courses here. We've got loads of these leaflets. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of them, actually, because uh, the branding changes as of January 1st, and we're not legally allowed to use them. So if you want to make my Christmas, can you take loads of them, because we've got a lot in the, in the foyer. Take one and maybe find out more um, about Christ. When I looked at the evidence for the first time, I found it incredible. We look at subjects like Christianity, boring, untrue and irrelevant. Not stating it's a fact, there's a question mark after it. We're saying, is it boring? Is it untrue? Is it irrelevant? Or is it really interesting and it is the truth and very, very relevant for today? We look at who is Jesus? Why did he die? What about the church? What about healing? What can I make the most of the rest of my life? These are all the things that we look at. And when I looked at it for the first time, it stacked up. The evidence is there. And people talk about the great leap of faith as if you've got to jump from this side of the room to the other, an impossible leap. But it's really not. It's more a step. You, you, you find out the facts and you make a, a decision based on reasonable judgment. If I was making a decision whether God is real or not, I'd want it to be an informed one. And Alpha allows us to do that. But when I looked at the evidence, I can say along with C.S. Lewis, a great writer of the last century, he said, we are faced then with a frightening alternative. Either Jesus was and is exactly what he said or else he was insane or something worse. To C.S. Lewis, it seemed clear that he could neither have been insane or evil. And so he concludes, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. The former Chief Justice of England, Lord Darling, said, in his favour as living truth, there exists so much evidence, positive and negative, factual and circumstantial, that no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring a verdict that the resurrection story is true. The US astronaut, Hal Irwin, who said after he'd returned, from, uh, sorry, returned to Earth after standing on the moon, he said, the most significant achievement of our age is not that man stood on the moon, but rather that God in Christ stood upon this Earth. And from his deathbed, John Wesley, who's one the carols uh, he and his brother wrote that we sing tonight, he said, the greatest of all is God with us. The present of Christmas is God's presence. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So I love it all. I love the celebration. I love the church. Uh, I love spending time with my family. I really love the presents. Um, but that's really, really good. It's all part of it. But don't remove Christ out of Christmas. We all love Christmas shopping, don't we? <laughs> One man was... Um, called up upon, uh, in front of a judge. And the judge said to him, what are you charged with? He said, I was doing my shopping early. He said, that's not a crime. He said, I was doing it before the shop opened. <laughs> the greatest present at Christmas, you can't buy it, you can only accept it, is his presence. And when I found that out the first time, everything changed. And it changed for good. It changed for good. Emmanuel, God with us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a Christian uh, in the last century and was killed during the Second World War for standing for God and not giving in to the Nazi regime. He said, we are no longer alone. God is with us. We are no longer homeless. A bit of the eternal home itself has moved into us. Therefore, we adults can rejoice deeply within our hearts under the Christmas tree, perhaps more than the children are able. We know that God's goodness will once again draw near. That's the true gift 
this Christmas. We can know his forgiveness, we can know our purpose in life, we can receive God's presence and the Holy Spirit, we can know his presence in our lives. So you can have a look at Alpha, you can also take one of our booklets, Why Christmas? What's the point? What's the point of Christmas? That's really good as well. Take one of them and discover for yourself. Uh, Christmas Day is coming. We like Christmas Day, don't we? Yes, the enthusiasm is amazing. (laughs) The passage at the beginning uh, that we read, you are to give him the name Jesus. That's significant. We looked at Christ. That's who he, that's like, that identifies with the Messiah, the anointed one. This is the one. But Jesus is his name. And it's significant because it means the Lord saves. Saves, saves us from what? You'll give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. It's basically saying he pays for all my wrongdoings and yours if you want him to. There's a story, I've told this before on the Sunday, but they're very forgetful and um, they probably can't remember and the rest of you haven't heard it before. But imagine a courtroom. And um, you've got two young children, and they're really good friends, and they become blood brothers. You know what blood brothers is? You know, they sort of nick their thumbs, and they join it, and you're blood brothers. That's it, joined for life. And they promised they would always help one another out through their lives. Whatever happened, they would never let the other one down. And of course, as they grow up, one goes to university, and one goes down the wrong road, uh, and uh, doesn't do too well. And eventually, one becomes a judge. And the other one becomes a criminal. And they meet each other in the courtroom. They don't know they're going to. The, the criminal is sitting in the courtroom. Apparently he did his Christmas shopping early. And the judge walks in and he sees with horror that he's got this guy and this is his old friend. that They promised to look after one another uh, for years to come. But the judge has to be seen to do what's right. Otherwise he's not a good judge. He has to do the right thing. And justice has to be served. We all want justice when we see wrongdoings, don't we? And so therefore he says, okay, how do you plead? He's pleased, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. And he said, okay, it's a £10,000 fine or six months in jail. And he said, well, I've got no money, I'll have to go to jail. He said, well, that's my verdict. He slams the hammer down, that's it. But then the judge takes off his robes and his wig and he walks around the other side of the courtroom, takes his checkbook out, writes a cheque to his friend, £10,000. Justice has been done, the judge himself pays the price for him. Of course, the man can refuse to take the cheque and then he'll have to suffer the consequences. I wouldn't recommend that. So what's left for us to do? We've sung much of it tonight. Where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, I'll stand at the door and knock. Anybody who invites me in, I will come in. And the baby was born for a reason. And it was the reason was to reconcile us to God because we've all done stuff wrong. But the judge walks around the courtroom and says, do you want me to pay that price for you? And you'll be reconciled. You'll be set free. And you can say no. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us, born to give us second birth, a spiritual birth. The Christmas birth offers life to all of us if we want it. Life in all its fullness can only be found in the Christos, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So come to us, Emmanuel. Rejoice, rejoice, King of Israel. You're so much better than Sunday. Though you've listened, you've not mocked me, they'd often call out and take the mickey out of me, but you've been, they'll do it after, trust me. But I really pray you have a good Christmas. And I pray also that you'll really find the true heart of Christmas in your hearts. Emmanuel, God 
with us. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray that it would really enter into our hearts. Jesus, the Lord saves. Christ, Christ, the Christos, the Anointed One. And I pray as we worship and carry on worshipping you this evening, that you would indeed enter into our hearts. In Jesus' name.